Hey everyone, this is Rithik and welcome to the Inspired Learning Podcast. Firstly, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for giving this kid a chance to inspire you and hopefully make your life a little bit better. Our first guest of the show is Evan Carmichael. Evan Carmichael believes in entrepreneurs. Gary Vee has called him the DJ who inspires people. He wants to solve the world's biggest problem, that is, people don't believe in themselves enough. He runs a YouTube channel with over 2 million subscribers and 300 million views. He's written over four books and speaks globally. Now, why is he the guest of our very first episode? Evan's book, Build to Serve, has had a huge impact on me. It made me reflect on my past, on my likes and dislikes, all in pursuit of my one word. Our one word is the one value that shines brightly through everything we say or do. It acts as a North Star in our darkest moments. It's our most important core value. Evan's book is the reason I decided that I have to start this podcast. So what is my one word? Let's get into it as Evan helps me find mine. Evan Carmichael, welcome to the Inspired Learning Podcast. Books Thanks. for wealth, let's go. It's yes. happening. Let's make Finally. It. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of this. For those in the audience who don't know who you are and what you do, could you give us a brief insight into that? I don't know. What would you say? What do I do? Speak, uh, tell us a little bit about your one word. My one word? My one word is believe. Uh, I think it's the world's biggest problem. I think people don't believe in themselves and the genius that they have inside them. And it's what I wake up every day trying to do, help people believe more in themselves. And I think once you figure out your who, uh, which I also call your one word, your most important core value. It gives you your compass or your roadmap for the rest of your life. If you feel like you are being pulled in a million different directions and everybody else has a version of your life and you should do this and you should do that. And everybody's got an opinion on what you should do with your life. Absolutely. How do you have the courage to say no or to say, this is what I want to do? It comes from understanding your most important core value. So mine is believe everybody's got one. And I think it's one of the most important exercises you can ever do in your life. Definitely on point. So Evan, you've become an unintentional mentor of sorts for me. Your videos are my go-to inspiration whenever I need them, especially the Simon Sinek one and the Jürgen Klopp ones. Your book has had a great impact on me and the, and that's the reason I started the podcast because wow when I when I when I read your book and we'll get to my one word shortly it made it made me realize that the podcast is my step my next step forward to fulfill my purpose in the same direction with my one word so my my first question to you is how did you get to the point when you realize that oh it's we have to find a who first and then a why. Um, through practice, through coaching people, through guiding people through the process. If anybody picks up Built to Serve, you'll see I guide people through a who, why, how process um, and then how to make money from your, your purpose and your passion. Uh, and I think before figuring out what your purpose is, it was the number one question I get asked. Like, what's my purpose? What's my passion? How do Absolutely. I figure it out? It's like, hey, you don't have to go journal on a mountain for 10 years like it's not that difficult to figure out but but before figuring out your why you got to figure out who you are and your most important core value because that gives you the strength and courage to go do the thing that you need to do for so sure. just finding out what your your purpose is you actually have your your who before true so believe 
for me, it came from my parents, right? I mean, they're on the wall behind me. They would always tell me that I'm Evan Castrilli Carmichael. I can do whatever Anything. I believe that I can, right? Uh, and so believe was kind of instilled in me super early. I didn't, I didn't really get to my, my passion or my purpose until when I was 19 and struggling in my first business trying to get going. So uh, going through that process, most people have thought a little bit about what their purpose is. Most people haven't thought about the most important core value with their who. Um, and so I just find that that process works better for people. And having done it enough times, guiding people through it, it just gets people the results and gets them off the ground to where they need to be. So you field tested that idea quite frequently. Everything. I mean, when I listen, when I wrote, <laughs> let me pull it up. When I wrote this, I wrote this book pretty quickly. I wrote a third of this book in a car ride to and from New York. I had, I broke my neck in two spots yeah, yeah. and I wasn't allowed to drive, uh, but I had to get to New York for a meeting. I'm, I'm from Toronto and it's about an eight and a half hour drive. So my wife, I couldn't fly because my broken neck. I couldn't drive because my broken neck, but I could sit in the car. So my wife drove us there and back, right? Eight and a half, nine hours, both ways. And I wrote a third of the book on my laptop in the passenger seat going to and from New York. Why well, was I able to do that? Because of I'm not thinking of things as I go. I, this is just a reflection of all the conversations and coaching sessions that I've done with people to help them through it. I'm just translating it into words. So it's a lot easier uh, for nonfiction, if you're guiding people through things that you already know. For fiction, I have no idea. For fiction, I don't know how people do it. I don't know if you have to have a storyline and plot and summary and all that. But for nonfiction, the best books are based off your actual own experience and you're just turning them into words. Absolutely. For, from someone who's read more than 70, 80 books in the last two years, I definitely agree with that. So you talk, you've mentioned in the book that your biggest regret from the first book was that you didn't give the credo enough importance. Now, what is our credo and why do we need it as compared so we, to the one word? Yeah. So, so your one word, your most important core value uh, is the most important thing to figure out. But underneath it, the credo adds definition. So what does that mean? Because what I would find is if I look at mine as an example, and it's easier to use kind of through a story, I look at belief, great. If you were to th ask people, what does believe mean to you? They would have a, a definition for belief. Or if you look up in the dictionary and you see believe, you'll, you'll see it. I want you to own the word. That's why I take it from believe to hashtag believe, because now we're making it stand for something else. It's not just a dictionary version, it's our own version. And underneath it are often the things that some people would consider, yes, part of belief, but there's almost always at least one that, is different, is unique to you. So if, if I said the word believe, most people would say something like believe in yourself. Belief is like believe, believe in yourself, have self-confidence. And, and that is part of it for me. Self-confidence is, is part of my credo. So the credo is the three things that make up the one word, your definition of it. So self-confidence is part of it. That's maybe the most common definition, but it's also believe that it's gonna work out. Believe that if you keep on doing this thing, it will work out. And then the, the third one is believe in the work that you're doing, believe in the process, believe in the actual work. I like being here talking to you. You know, I, I love the work that I'm doing. And, and when I explain it like that, people say, oh yeah, that makes sense. I could see how belief fits into those three things. But if you were to ask them what they thought belief was, they wouldn't go that deep. And they so would have a totally different meaning. Yeah. It'd be a, a, a more surface level meaning Yeah, where this is, this is, really rich. This is your most important core value. And it, and it means something to you and how you arrived at it is really, really important. And so I talk about it in my first book, Your One Word. 
uh, and I, I didn't give it too much attention there. And then from helping people, there's, there's three years, I think, between the two books yeah. um, in helping yeah. people through the process, I realized, oh, the credo's really, really, really important. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of threw it in there as an example in the first book. And it was, no, no, this is actually really, really helpful for people to figure out. So I needed to make it a bigger part of the second book. So that's quite a profound way of thinking about our one word and expanding on it. Now, okay. I believe that my credo is optimism, empathy, and growth. Okay. These are three values that I focused on and realized that they belong for me ever since I started reading. Now, I'm actually a little confused between my one word, whether it's inspire or empower. Okay. Now, for people who are in such a situation like me, what would yeah. your advice be? So I'm going to write it down. Optimism, empathy, and growth? Yes. Okay. And you've got, what, what were the two? Inspire and empower? Inspire and empower. Okay. So what's interesting is that you didn't put inspire or empower as part of the credo. The cre because I, f uh, I feel that these are two words that could sum up. Because, I mean, if I see a pattern in every question that was there in the book, my favorite teacher she empowered me to actually believe in myself more and mm -hmm. thereby become explore more avenues. Okay. I love movies that are able to inspire me. Robin Williams is, def is my number one inspiration and he mm -hmm. was an inspiring human being. Mm -hmm. So if I could think of one word that would describe me above empathy, growth and optimism, it would definitely be either inspire or empower. Great. So I would look at... First, start at the top level. First, start look at inspire and empower as your two. Yeah. Is one the son of the other? Or is one the parent of the other? That's interesting. I And listen, they're also pretty close, right? I mean, it's not <laughs> exactly, like exactly. gardening and empower or something, right? They're, they're exactly. pretty close together anyway. So we're not too far off, even if you make the, you know, quote unquote wrong one. But would you say that to empower people you have to inspire people or the other way around to inspire people you have to empower them i think in order to empower people you have to inspire them because unless they are inspired they wouldn't be open to being empowered they wouldn't see a reason to be empowered okay so how i would look at it is you have empower at the top okay and then what are the things that allow you to empower people so inspiring them gives them the empowering and then what else between optimism, empathy, growth, which ones are different enough that fit under empower? Like if you want to empower somebody, what do they need more? Optimism, empathy. I growth. feel they would definitely need optimism and empathy more than growth. I feel growth would be something more personal to me than something yeah. I would be able to spread and propagate. And honestly, like growth is the result of the empowerment. Yes, that's a good way of looking at it. So if you get if you get empowered to do something, if you're being if you're being filled with inspiration, optimism, and empathy, you will feel empowered to do something, and you're, the the end result is going to be growth. Like Absolutely. You can't help it. So that's how I look at it. And what's cool is for you, empower. The inspiring part is super easy to say. Yeah, of course. If you're inspired, you're going to empower somebody. The optimism Definitely. is close to yes. Like, okay, yeah. if you're optimistic, you empower somebody. But the empathy is weird. Yeah. It's not normal, which is great. Like that's for you to empower somebody. You have to actually 
have empathy be empathetic. Yes. Yeah. Understand them. Right. Yes. I like it. So that that's how I look at it. Empower and then inspiring optimism, and empathy, and that leads to people getting growth. This makes it so much simpler. There we go. No we just did it. I love it. Definitely. Because I've been seeing it since a while and it feels like trying to solve a puzzle between these four words. Yeah. So, okay. Now you've extensively spoken about your biggest inspiration being APG Anini, the banker who founded the Bank of America. Yes, he's he right there behind you. On my wall. I have a, for, for the audio <laughs> listeners, I guess I've got a giant picture of him on my wall. Now, an amazing story that I came to know and you mentioned it in a sentence in your book was that most people know that Disney was not a big deal until the release of Snow White. And that was the film that propelled Walt Disney and his company to levels of greatness. But what people don't know is that AP Giannini was the one person who believed in Walt Disney and agreed to loan him the money to make Snow White. Mm -hmm. This was truly an amazing story and kind of sums up why you call him your biggest inspiration because he believed in Walt Disney just like you believe in other entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So how did you come across him? Because not many people know him. And as you mentioned, not even their own PR department knew him. Yeah. Um, you've done your homework. I like it. <laughs> I don't remember how I came across him. I feel like he was in some book. He might be in Radicals and Visionaries. I might be making that up. I don't know. There was one <laughs> book called Radicals and Visionaries that is out of print right now that for uh, three to four pages at a time, I, I'm a super slow reader. I, I try to read 10 pages a day. Reading is not how I get most of my learning. I love learning. Always got to inspire optimism, empathy. Look at that. Look at that mug. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying I to subtly bring it into the Power on the other side. You got to put in power on the other side. Yes, definitely. Um, I'm going to remake the mug now. Right now, it just yeah. has my logo on the other side. So this book, Radicals and Visionaries, every day I would read three to four pages because I felt alone. I felt like nobody understood me. I felt um, discouraged a lot. And I found that even if I was motivated one day, the next day I'd wake up and be back all over again and not have the motivation. Yes. So I wanted to be around the stories that inspired me to go and do something. Um, YouTube wasn't around at the time. Uh, and so I, I, I didn't want to read a giant biography. Like that stuff would destroy me. It just took me yeah. too long to get through. It's so intimidating. Book, yeah. And just not my style. So this book took all these famous stories and put them into three to four pages. And I would read one story every day as part of my day. It's like, okay, you know what? I, I don't have to read 40 page chapter, but I can read three or four pages. Like that's it's a good. small that's commitment. Enough. Yeah. Like I have my breakfast and then I get inspired by a new story. And I feel like AP Janini was in there and that's how I learned about him. If not, I just told this big story for <laughs> nothing, but it was a good story. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I think that's where it was. And then I just... Who's this guy? This is amazing. This is crazy. <laughs> and I wanted to dive deep, deeper into, into the story. So when I started reading a book the first time, I got to the second page, the third page, and I was just shocked because the header reads, I'm a scared introvert. Oh, okay. Now you're, you're one of the most comfortable people I've seen in front of a camera. So okay. I want to know from someone who struggles with the same uh, issues, how did you go from being a scared introvert to being so comfortable in front of the camera? Okay, so a couple of things. Uh, one, obviously, practice is going to help you get there. The, the more episodes that you do, the better you're going to get. The more podcasts, the more of anything, the more, the more book reviews, the more podcasts, the more YouTube videos, the more of just like anything else, the more you do, the better you're going to get. The challenge is getting the momentum going. 
because you yes. feel like it's this impossible hurdle to overcome. I felt it too. I'm an introvert, so I'm never going to be able to, to do this. I looked at people who seem to be just natural at it. It's like, I'm never going to be like them, so I might as well not try. And that really helped me back for a lot of years. Um, the, the things that then shifted it for me was one, I want to serve. That's why I wrote the book, right? That's why it's yes. called Built to Serve. Because I, I want to serve because I want to feel like the work I do matters because I, I'm happy when I help somebody else out. And so my purpose required me to be a more courageous person. And, and when you can connect the work that you're doing to service, if you were thinking about this podcast, like how nervous were you before starting this podcast? Super nervous. Super nervous. <laughs> yeah, and it's great. That's normal. I mean, I had Matthew McConaughey on my channel last week, and I was super nervous. I mean, the two hours before going live with him, I, I couldn't do anything else. You know, it's just stressing out. Hope he shows up. I hope it's a good interview, all this stuff. And, and you're in your head, like you're in your head worried about the introduction and what questions, and I don't want to forget, or I don't want to say something <laughs> wrong, right? The thing that always helps me is one defaulting to service is like, hey, I'm here not to, uh, not just for my show, I'm here to try to pull a message out of Matthew. You're True. here to try to pull a message out of me that can True. help people. And, yes. and every time I do that, I calm down a little bit more. So it's not about me anymore. It's about It's about the audience, about who's going to learn from this. It's about the people who, even if it's not going to hit a million people, if five people listen to this and one person is touched by that, like you made that happen. And so I want to try to make the best experience, not even for Evan or me, but for the person who might be inspired by listening to this. At least for me, that always calms me down and gives me more courage. Um, the second thing that helps is I've shifted my identity to be somebody who does difficult things. So the fact that I have three trigger words, scary, difficult, or hard, if I say any of those words, then I have to do it. Even if it doesn't work out, I have to do it because Evan Carmichael does scary, difficult, or hard. And most of the things that we're, we, we don't, we don't want to do or we're, we're playing small on is because we're afraid or it's difficult or it's hard. And we've accepted those as good reasons for why we can't do the thing. Where I want to fight that. I want to do the scary things. So Having Matthew on my channel last week was scary. Great. Evan Carmichael does scary things. Let's go. And again, it's the, it's the extra courage to go off and do the thing. Because when you start thinking about it, you start to play small because your brain understands yeah. how the current exists and is designed to keep you safe. Uh, where your heart can build something brand new that hasn't existed before. So I, I rotate between the two of I do difficult things and this is to serve my audience, right? I'm here yes. to help. I do difficult things. And so with Matthew, it's probably, I don't know, maybe uh, 70% I do difficult things and 30% I'm here to serve because I was still freaking out, nervous, scared. Like, come on, Carmichael, you do difficult things. Let's go. And that gets me the courage to show up. And that's the thing that matters. No, that's a great idea. And I'm definitely stealing that from you. I'm going to write that on a poster and stick it on my wall to see every day. Were you, were you talking about his new book, Green Lights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and listen, think about, those are my trigger words, scary, difficult, or hard. Think about your own trigger words. Like if you want to do something, but then you've talked yourself down from doing it, what, what would you tell yourself is the reason why? Like what's, in your, what's the story in your head? For me, it comes to the question of, will I be able to pull it off? Like, that's the question I've been asking myself ever since I got the idea about the podcast. Like, okay, will I so be able to do it? 
Yeah. So like the short for the, the, the short version is like, I can't. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's what you, that's what you swap. I agree, Anytime I agree. you say I can't, now you have to do it. You have to at least try. I can't. No, no, I, I said it. Now I got to do it. And you take your brain out of the equation. Actually, Matthew McConaughey, that's one of his, like his, his father used to get really upset at him whenever he, when he says, I got, yeah. So, so that's, that's one for you too. Anytime you hear it, anytime you write it, anytime you say it, you tell your friends, their family, people around you. If you ever hear me say, I can't, I need you to remind me. And then you have to go off and at least try to do the thing. I agree. I agree. His book was also fantastic. I read it a few weeks back. Wonderful actor as well. So now I just, now, since we are talking about books, I just want to transition into books and the importance of reading. How did you get into the habit of reading and what kind of an impact has it had on your life? So in the early days of my entrepreneurial career, I guess I'm 40, I'm 40 right now. I started my first company when I was 19. Um, reading was super valuable in that I love modeling success. So whenever I don't know what to do, I look to who's done it before and how can I learn from them? Instead of trying to figure everything out myself, somebody's already gone through this problem. They solved it. If I learn from them, I can shortcut my path to success. If, if there is a shortcut to success, it's that, like model other people's success. Uh, when I was 19, reading was the only way to do it. There was no YouTube. There were no podcasts. There was, you know, there was nothing else. So reading books was the only way. Um, so I started reading. Fast forward to today, I, I, my goal is 10 pages a day to read. I don't read as much as I used to because I'm a visual learner and more important than just reading is learning. I, I think that's really important to understand. So if you're a visual learner, maybe YouTube videos. A lot of people learn by watching my YouTube videos. True. Um, for, for Built to Serve, I made an audio book, right? Yes. So I don't know if you count like listening to an audio book as reading, but if you love learning through audio, then go get audio books, especially if it's read by the author, right? Like I read yes. my books. Right? If it's read by the author, they're giving it to you with their energy and you'll probably learn it better than if you're reading the book. Um, so I think first is understanding learning is important. The difference between where you are now and where you want to be is how much you learn. Absolutely. If you stop learning, you're never going to get to your goal. So you have to learn. Then it's understand what is your best learning modality. And then mm. inside of there, maybe it's reading, maybe it's podcasts, maybe it's clubhouse, maybe it's YouTube videos, maybe it's going to have an actual mentor, right? True. But learning has to be prioritized. If you want to get, if you want to empower yourself, if you want to be empowered, right? You got to learn. Absolutely. Uh, could you name three books that have had a huge impact on you and you feel that our listeners should definitely check out? Built to Serve. For sure. I, I think also, I think you also have to be a fan of your own work, right? Like anytime people ask me what's my definitely, favorite book, Built Definitely. You got to be a fan of your own work. Um, to add to that, I would say for our work week had a big impact on me. Um, not the idea of working four hours because Tim Ferriss doesn't work four hours a week, True. but the idea of, of delegation, of time management. When I first read that book, I had no idea of any of those things. I didn't know you could hire people remotely. I didn't know how to balance my calendar. I didn't know any of that stuff. So Tim's book was super helpful for me. Um, and, then, and then Radicals and Visionaries was, was great for me. I don't know that it's going to be great for your audience, um, but I think whatever, that's a hard question to ask because which book you should read next is a very personal decision. You know, it's like, well, what are you struggling with the most? True. Right. If somebody came to you and said, Hey, uh, what book should I read next? You can give, you can 
pull out some of the books on your shelf and say this, right? But if somebody yes. said, what book should I read for finance? You might totally change up your recommendations. For sure. What it would be something like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, or like whatever you think they should read for that topic. I what agree. book should I read for relationships? Like, sure. oh, well, maybe Built to Serve isn't the thing that you're recommending to people now. It's like, oh, you need to read these books. So I think the value is really for your listeners understanding, well, what are you struggling with right now? And then if you're going to reach out to people, being really specific. If you ask a specific question, you get a specific answer, right? If true, you ask true. a general one, you're going to get a generic answer. So it's hard for me to say like which three books you should read because I don't know your audience and what they're struggling with and pe different people, different, even at different points in their life will struggle with different things. Um, and that's why I think channels like yours, which are great, uh, and what you're doing on Instagram is awesome because you're, you're exposing different books to different people that they may not have thought of. And every now and then the right book hits, hits them at the right time. And you're the one who made that introduction. And that's the best feeling in the world. Absolutely. I hundred percent agree. Now I'm, I'm close friends with Nick as well. He's spoken highly about how you've challenged him and the podcast was also a challenge by you. Now I would ask you, what would your challenge be for me? Ooh, and I know we're coming up against the clock. So that's a good, that's a good last It's a question. good way to end. <laughs> yeah. Um, whoever you're, I love this. I love this podcast. Like leaning into difficult things is the answer. Leaning into the things that you say you can't do is the True. answer. Uh, a year ago, you would have said, I can't have Evan Karma call on my podcast. Absolutely. It's happening, right? And if you had asked me six months ago, I probably would have said yes. So we wasted six months, right? So now it's, let's not, let's not waste another six months. So I would be looking at who, who are the list of people that you would love to have on your show that you say, I can't have that person on and then go off and try to get them. And even if they all say no, it's the willingness to try that matters. It's I would, the outreach that matters. I would, I would regret more not trying than trying and failing yeah. at it. Absolutely. Because yeah, if you never asked me, we'd never have this conversation right now. And if there's 50 people on your list and one of them says yes, you would never have gotten that opportunity if you didn't do the ask because you said that I can't. So Absolutely. That's, that's the challenge. In a more macro general sense, whenever you hear yourself say I can't, now you have to do it just to try. And specifically for the podcast, make your list of 50 people. Doing that first yeah, thing tomorrow morning. And then share it, right? Like share it, share, share it with Nick, share it with, share it with your friends. Like tell them the story. Like Nick, Evan challenged me to get 50 people, my dream list together of people who I say, I can't get on my show. Is there any way you think you can help me get one of them? And if you I, just break through on one of the 50, like if this is your, I can't list and you get one of those 50 people on your show, it, it just raises the standard. It empowers you to the next level. And you never know that one might lead to another and then another. Not just so might, it will. Endless, endless possibilities in that like, regard. Use this interview to go get other people who know who I am. Some people have no idea who I am and that doesn't help you, but some people yeah. know who I am. So you use this interview to say, hey, I had Evan on my show. Would you like to come on too? Because it's honestly strange. We've not even, I mean, I've not even completed one year of books so well. Like we complete this in like mid-March. So it's just been so fast that I'm still processing all of it, but I'm definitely going to keep this in mind. And I'm so making listen, the list more both, itself. right? Like be yes. grateful for the fast and Definitely. everything you have. But when you're too like, oh my God, look how fast it's grown. It's like, dude, I would have said yes to you six months ago. You're still slow. I agree. I agree. Compared to what you need. Like if you're, when you're feeling great, it's like, no, 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 we're not doing anything. 
Like, what's there's so slow? much more to do. Yeah, but and when you're feeling down, that's where you'd be grateful. They're like, hey, you know what? No, like I did. Look how much I've done in the past year. I agree. That that that's a good way to balance it out. Evan, thank you so much for coming onto the show and being one of the first few guests. It genuinely means so much to me. I and I can't wait to have you on for episode number hundred. I know you love doing <laughs> that. Wait, how many episodes do you have done? Okay, so, have you launched the show yet? No, I'm launching okay. it on fourth March. That'll be the one year anniversary of Books of Wealth. Okay, if you make this your first one, I'll come back for one hundred. Definitely, I'm making That's this episode one for sure. All right. Okay. Much Take love, care. man. Stay Thanks. inspired and see you soon. <laughs> All right. Hey guys, I hope you liked the interview. I was so nervous while interviewing Evan. It's been less than a year since I started my page, and here I am interviewing Evan Carmichael and trying to find my one word. By the way, empower is a really cool one word. If you like this episode, I'd really appreciate your support. Do leave a good review and click on the subscribe or follow button depending on where you're listening from. Thanks for tuning in, and see you in the next episode. Stay inspired. Thank you.